Hey rockers, today's guest is my old pal Brendan Kelly, bassist and lead vocalist for the Chicago, Illinois punk rock band, The Lawrence Arms. Brendan and I break down the YMCA down the street from the clinic, taken from their 2014 Epitaph Records album, Metropole. We talk about the good old days when we first met back in the 90s, when he was the frontman for Chicago ska-punk legend Slapstick, and how that band has spawned a number of other notable bands due to the immense talent that each of those band members possess. He takes me line by line through the song, in a way no other guest has on the show so far. Just when I think I can't be any more intrigued by an artist's inspiration for a particular song, Brennan comes along and shatters that notion. What does the YMCA, a methadone clinic, Banksy, the Titanic, Vertigo, Flo Rida, and a mouthful of rotten teeth all have in common? Well, you're just going to have to stick around to find out. For all this and a whole bunch of other laughs, don't touch that dial. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Brendan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we were just talking off uh, off audio here that uh, we've known each other for almost 30 years. And I, that sounds ridiculous to say. Yeah, but like, you know, the other day I was at my kid's baseball game and this dad looks at me and goes, yeah, you're like my age. You're at 50, right? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you want to get punched in the face? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to guess I'm 44. It's not like I'm like way off of being 50. <laughs> It's just like it was just a little unnerving. I, I like it's my first my first mistaken for half a century years old. So um. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, I uh, I want to give the listeners just a, a little bit of history here. So I've uh, known Brendan since 1994. Uh, I talked about this on uh, the episode with uh, Dan Andriano. We had Dan on a couple months ago, and you know I was in Gainesville, Florida, and I got this cassette tape, uh, this demo of this band called slapstick. And I was just like, man, they're, they're like less than Jake, but they're more punk. I like this better. I loved you guys. I thought it was awesome. And I'm like, who the hell are these guys? And you know, back then you hope, hope for a phone number and a cassette or a, or a, or a yep. snail mail address. And and somehow we got a hold of each other and, and we ended up doing shows and uh, you know, it, it, it's so funny, you know, Lesson Jake continued all these years. I'm still doing it. I can't imagine, though, and, I, and I've heard you talk about this in interviews. It's a little weird and strange for, for you guys to talk about that time because that was what you guys kind of think is like, oh, that's when we were kids. That was just our first band. But the impact that you guys had on the ska punk scene, I mean, you guys were as good or better than, than any of the bands that, that were doing it. And uh, the talent that came out of that band, as I said in Dan's episode, Pete Anna on trombone ended up uh, playing with Less Than Jake. You had, yep. uh, you had, uh, uh, of course, Dan Andriano went on to Alkaline Trio. You have, have been, you know, in a, in a ton of different projects. You went to the Broadways, of course, uh, Lawrence Arms, which we're going to be talking about uh, Lawrence Arms songs today. The Falcon, Brendan Kelly and the Wandering Birds. You've done solo stuff. Of course, in the Broadways, you also had Dan Hannaway, who played in Slapstick. So, uh, just a wealth of talent that came out of that band. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm super stoked that you're, you're still out there doing it. Well, man, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. And thanks for the kind words. That's really nice. And, uh, Gosh, the podcast must have really fallen off if you're to me now from Dan. I mean, Dan's <laughs> Dan's famous, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, you know, and I, I got to stop you there. I, I had you on for a number of reasons, but one, you're one of the funniest sons of bitches I've ever met in this I've ever met in general. Um, if you haven't checked out his, uh, Brendan's Twitter feed, it's I believe it's Nihilist Arby's is, is your handle. Uh, uh, Nihilist Arby's is one of them, and then Bad Sandwich, and of is my course, Bad one. Sandwich Chronicles, and and un, unreal. Uh, uh, banter and wit coming from you but uh i think what's so funny though i'm sorry i don't mean to no, interrupt but like you just listed through like all the uh amazing talent and slapstick and i agree it was really lightning in a bottle i mean like i think that like everybody in that band with the exception of me was a real virtuoso and i'm just like a song and dance man and i'm fine with that like and that's what i brought to the table and that's what they needed for that band you know but like 
the two people you left out were Robbie and Matt, who are the two most talented guys in that band by far. And I, 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 I should give a shout out. And I didn't dance episode. You're right to Robbie. Who's just an amazing drummer and Matt stamps, amazing guitar player who, you know, both went on to play music again, you know, Matt with Matt played in Tuesday with Dan, mm-hmm. Danny. And, uh, so yeah, not, 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 not to leave them out at all, but, uh, you know, something I want to say to you, I've never, I've never said this and we ran into each other. I don't know how many times over the years. And every time I see Brendan, we just pick up, right where we left off it's always a barrel of laughs but it's funny we as we as uh musicians artists whatever sometimes we we kind of uh diminish how good we actually are and uh i haven't met too many guys in this business that have true rock star egos that are that are like completely off the mark you know most of us are pretty humble you know you're you're kind of like i am you're very self-deprecating at times and whatnot and and that's refreshing but at the same time you know i i never saw a front man especially back in the days of slapstick you were just this wire if you turned sideways you couldn't see brennan he was just this wiry skinny kid and just this snotty just you you commanded commanded a stage and you know the listeners have heard me talk about Craig Aronson who signed less than Jake to Capitol and Warner Brothers and uh it was late 90s maybe around 2000 and, and and Craig had said to me you know you know this guy Brendan Kelly I said of course you know I gave him the rundown slapstick and Craig looked at me and said uh that kid's a star you know and I knew what he meant I really did man you have that quality I know that's hard to hear bro to bro but man you just you you have that thing man you're charismatic as hell and you just got you got something and a lot of our listeners here have asked about you that's why you're sitting in the hot seat right now so i can i can only thank you for the kind words thank craig r.i.p and um yeah man you know and thank your listeners for uh hyping me to, to you so um so that i could be here because it's a real pleasure man and um and I appreciate it. I appreciate all that stuff, man. That's that's really nice to hear. Yeah, no, we we did this thing in our Facebook group of uh, asking what artists we want to be on there, and your name just kept kept popping up, and and I I just knew it would be a good chat. And uh, you know, the Lawrence Arms to give a little more history here. You guys have released seven full length albums from 1999 to 2020. Uh, the first record uh, you did was a guided tour of Chicago in '99, and your most recent record is 2020's Skeleton Coast. Uh, you guys have been on labels from uh, Asian Man uh, to, to Fat Wreck uh, to, to Epitaph. And uh, there's also a little more history here. So, of course, Neil Hennessy plays drums in Lawrence Arms as well as uh, uh, Chris McCowan. And Chris played with you in the Broadways. That's correct. Yeah. And Neil plays with me in the Falcon. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's um, I, I am like really like mate for life type, uh, <laughs> you know, like my my best friends are all my friends from when we were kids. You know what I mean? And it's like when I get into a project with somebody, like I've always said, Neil is like my musical life partner. He's always said to me, he's like, whatever you do, I will do. And I've always said, you're the best drummer in the fucking world, of course. <laughs> yeah, you're always welcome to be a part of anything I do because you're literally the best at that instrument of anyone I've ever seen. Um, and I love you, you know? Well, and th- um, and, th- and that's why I'm given all this history, and, and it's it's getting very incestuous right now. Everyone's played with everybody. It's, it, this is really crazy, though, and that's testament. A lot of this is just to how tight-knit that Chicago scene is and how much talent is, is, is bred there. And Neil, uh, of, of course, the, the, the song we're going to talk about today... Um, the YMCA down the street from the clinic is taken from your six full length uh, Metropole, which was produced by Matt Allison in 2008. Yep. Less than Jake recorded uh, at Atlas Studios in Chicago for our GNV FLA record with Matt Allison. And Neil was the second engineer uh, on, on that yeah. on that project. So Neil is, like Brendan said, an amazing drummer. The guy's off the hook. The wealth of talent just surrounding all of you guys and the fact that, you know, most of the people that I mentioned today are still out there doing it in some capacity or another. It's just it's just testament to how how great you guys are. That's nice. And but the thing is, we are not the scene. We are like a, we are just like one group of friends. You know, all the slapstick guys, the alkaline trio guys, and the rise against guys. We are one very insular group of friends. Like there's a very like vast and righteous scene out there that was out there then, and then you know out there now, and it really had almost nothing to do with us. But mm-hmm. we just happened to kind of come in and take over like Vikings or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I've always, but, I just, uh, one of my favorite places, one of the first places to ever embrace my band out of Florida was Chicago. Just the scene, the scene there is 
always been killer. You can't even try to describe it to somebody like, what was it like back in the day? Where would you even begin to describe Chicago in the 90s? It was absolutely incredible. It was just a breathing uh, machine of, of just, just fun and, and talent and, and everything else in between. Um, this track, the YMCA down the street from the clinic, uh, we're, we're going to jump in here. You remember where you were at uh, when you wrote it? I've, I've, I've read some stuff uh, online that, that you were in Italy when you wrote this track. Um, well, no, I wasn't in Italy when I wrote this song. I was in Italy when I, when the record was over and I was trying to figure out what we should call the record. And I was staying at a hotel called the Metropole and I like, kind of looked up and I was like, that's a dope name. And it's like the, the whole record has this like, sort of like anonymous city international, but could be very local, could be very specific, but it's still very general um, vibe to it. Like the whole idea behind the record, I'm sorry to digress. I know this is not exactly what you're asking, but um, the whole idea behind the Metropole album is that like, there's nothing lonelier than being in a city, right? Like if you're, if you could be isolated in like a sort of like parochial uh, Vermont farm or whatever, but that's like sort of like, Hey man, you know, I'm out here kicking it. But if you're alone in a city, you're very alone because there's people everywhere Mm -hmm. and they're just not for you (laughs) or you're not for them. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And so, and so that, and that's sort of the vibe that the entire record sort of like works with this song really, I think sums up that notion. It's a song about uh, isolation and loneliness. I mean, the whole record is about that. Yeah. um, Well, I don't remember where I actually was when I wrote this song, but I'm, Almost positive, I was at my house. And do you keep like journals that you write in, and you use them? You pick them later for songs, or, or do you sit down and say, you know, I got this title in my head, and I'm, I'm going to write the song, and, and then you just put pen to paper? Well, no. So what I do is when I'm writing, I try to write every day a lot. I usually use journals. Sometimes lately, I've been using a computer because I lost my fucking journal, and it's driving me crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I can't do this on a fucking computer. This is not how I've done it for you know. I'm I'm an old man, goddammit. it! I'm almost fifty. <laughs> you can't teach Brennan Kelly new tricks. No, that's that's absolutely true. Not the way it works. But, uh, so I um, but yeah, no. So what I do is I wake up. Usually, if I'm like writing for a record, I'll know what the project is, and I will wake up and I'll be like, all right, I'm writing a Lawrence Arms record. I'm writing a Falcon record. I'm writing a Wandering Birds record. I wake up before I even brush my teeth. One page of lyrics, handwritten in a notebook, right? go brush my teeth. I'll come back another page of lyrics and I'll do that probably over the course of the day. It becomes a little obsessive, like 10, 10 times. And I'll, so I'll have 10 pages by the end of the first day. And then at any point I might pick up a guitar and try to play through all of them. But I have a, I have notion, you know, I was listening to this interview and I think I, I remember it as being Billy Joe from green day, yeah. but <laughs> I, I don't know who it actually was. And it was like, Somebody was like, well, what about this song? Like, let's say it was When I Come Around. I don't know. Just for, I don't remember sure. what the specifics were. And he's like, oh, you know what? That song just came out right away. Like, it was like, I, as soon as I started playing the guitar, I had the whole song written, you know? Yeah. And I was like, man, that's the same thing that everybody says about their best songs. <laughs> so fuck this. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to write so much that I get an album full of those songs. Yeah. It came out right away. <laughs> you that, know? That's a running theme on this podcast, man. Some of the biggest songs I, I were written in five minutes. You're like, what? You know? Yeah, but but it's like I haven't I haven't spent more than five minutes on a song in twenty years. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it just like at a certain point, I was like, if those are the best songs, why would I work harder for something that's worse? It's just like throw it away. You know? It's like when people are like, finish your plates. And somebody said to me one time, it's like, never tell your kid to finish their plate. That's like just telling them to throw away the food in their body (laughs) instead of in the garbage. You're a garbage disposal. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, if you got, if you've got a song and you're like, Oh God, how do I make this work? It's like, Nope. Crumple, crumple next song. Just start writing again. That's And, and anything that's in there that was good will be in your residual memory. If you're worth a shit at all. And it'll come, it'll come back. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, I, I I wish I had that tenacity. There's days that I don't want to write, and I try to force yeah. myself. You know, there's days I don't want to pick up the guitar that day, and and that's 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 okay. But but I wish I had a little bit more uh, more drive in that department because uh, you know I know that that people that you you don't really realize it, but you're working on your craft every day. Every time you write down something or type into the computer <laughs> that you have to do yeah. now. Um, 
But what I love about this song, and I want to jump into it, I, I love, and I've always loved your lyrics. And when I, when I was researching this song, I looked at live performances, you acoustic, the full band live, uh, of course, the, the album track. And I started reading comments uh, on YouTube and some other places. And the, the, this, this song in particular, a lot of your songs do, but this one hits people hard, man. Like they just relate to this one and there's the poetry and the imagery that goes on in this tune. There's a lot of stuff here and I'm really, really excited to jump into it. Um, there's a 10 second intro. It's it's a pretty simple, uh, Neil's just doing this kind of hi-hat thing. Just a really killer rich bass tone that you got. And there's this cool little guitar lead that it, that's brought back later in the song kind of as a running theme. And then the band jumps in and there's just this guitar chord that rings out. Click on the link. The world's biggest dick You can smell the rats dying As the ship starts to sink Down beneath Or her embraces and tears Up against the bars Staring down their ears You told me I'm gonna jump in the lyrics here, and I'm gonna uh, I'll do the first verse, and I'm gonna have you uh, uh, break it down for, break it down for Good. us. I, I you know what? I'm so excited to hear you read this opening line. Really. <laughs> well, it, you know what else is funny is that you don't know how many times, and it's weird now that I think about it. And now I'm in my head about it. How many times the guests have been like, "It's so weird to have my hear my lyrics read back to me," you know? So bear with me. Oh but, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I just think specifically this particular opening line oh, is really uh, funny. <laughs> Verse three has a line, too, if you remember. It's going to be really funny to read. All right, here we go. Uh, Click on the link for the world's biggest dick. Uh, (laughs) You can smell the rats are dying as the ship starts to sink. Down beneath, the poor are in bracers and tears. Up against the bar, staring down their years. You told me to kiss you because we were at the end. And I said I wouldn't miss you because, baby, I'd be dead. And that's the only way it seems that I could get away. Otherwise, I'm nothing without you, babe. And then you give out this little, oh. And before you break it down, I have this one little note here I want to talk about. I, I, and I really love whatever, and I'm assuming Matt Allison mixed the record. Mm-hmm. Did he mix it? Okay. There's a really cool vocal treatment. It's like this slap delay that just is really cool. And there's also a twang in your voice in this song, almost like a little bit of a drawl. And and when I wrote that down, I started thinking of this tunic. The, the song kind of reminds me like it'd be in a bar scene of a spaghetti Western. That's an awesome, that's an awesome compliment. Yeah, right? there's that, something that, about that, that this tune rad. that just kind of gives me that feeling. But yet, it's still, I wrote in the notes, it's still undeniably Chicago, man. I could just smell <laughs> smell and, and, and feel the Chicago. So so set up this first verse for us. What's going on here? Thematically, in, in a macro sense, First of all, I mean, like, this is just me essentially talking, <laughs> like, with the way I sing this song. It's like my voice right now is, like, almost exactly the same. Click on the link. You know, it's like exactly. Kind of, but you got a swagger in this one, man. Like I said, yeah. it's got that a little bit of, I don't want to say southern drawl. It's got something going on here. Yeah, but um, but so, anyway, uh, the idea is, like, sort of careening towards oblivion a little bit, right? So, Click on the link for the world's biggest dick is sort of, a, obviously, we've all gotten these emails <laughs> about, like, either enlarging your penis or seeing large penises or whatever, you know, penis, penis, penis. Here's, like, some, some like, you know, Russian bot farm <laughs> trying to get you to click on something. Um, and so it's just sort of a metaphor for disaster, right, at first. That's hilarious because I, I took that first line. Click on the link for you're the world's biggest dick. Click on the link for me. Here I am. And now I get it. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's much stupider than that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and then you could tell, smell the rat. This is okay. This is a dirty little secret, Chris. I don't really like to talk about this very much, but um, the rest of this verse is pretty much about the movie Titanic. Um, because that is the metaphor for man's hubris getting the best of them, yeah. right? It's like, I wanted to start it out with like internet culture at large. You can smell the rats dying as the ship starts to sink down beneath the poor are embraces and tears. And you misread it. It's up against the bars. Remember they lock the people in the lower levels down beneath in order. So they don't get to the lifeboats before the rich people. Ah, so those kinds of bars. The bars. Yeah. Staring down their years. Right. Like look at like, like their life flash. Yeah. That's their cool. Right. You know, 
And it's like, and that was the first thing is like, you saw the rats like trying to run overboard. And that was when they were like, yeah, yo, um, I mean, I don't know. I, this is more from history books than from the fucking movie. So I apologize if I'm not like nailing James Cameron's vision of it, but I seem to recall that his movie was really good. But, uh, and then you told me to kiss you because we were at the end is obviously like, that is from the movie type. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, and then, I said I wouldn't miss you because baby I'd be dead is like my own like nihilist quality. Um that like me coming into the movie all of a sudden and being like, nah, bitch, I'm you know, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna die. It's fine. <laughs> and, and then, uh, <laughs> because that's the only way this won't break my heart. You know? Like if you don't live, if I if I fucking survive and I don't never see you again, like I have to be I have to be dead because I'm nothing without you. Man, I you're kind of blowing me away right now because I would have never taken that away from this. Number one, number two. Um, well, that means it's terrible. <laughs> no, no, it actually doesn't. For me, for me, what I love about this and what I love doing about doing this podcast, and I'm over a year into this now, Brennan. I have learned so much, and not from an envious or jealous, jealous point, but I just did, I admire someone that can write from that. Like how you put those two worlds together and you wrote something as cool as this, man. It's awesome. It, it, it's really inspiring to me. Um, I love songwriting. And just to hear that you were able to, you know, go from this internet thing to click on the link to, yeah, but it's kind of about Titanic. But then I put my own nihilist spin on it and, and it, how that all came together is re- really cool. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. I mean, I am really proud of this song. It's funny. Cause I didn't want to, put it on the record and we were with my my photographer my photographer um photographer to the stars ben pierre and he was staying at my house and i was playing him the record and then like there was another song slotted into this space did i play it on this one i go this one's not gonna go on the record but i really liked it and he goes that's not going on the record fuck you this should be the whole record just play this song fucking 14 times that should be the record <laughs> well and i'm glad you said something because it reminded me so did you know when this song was like finished and you did it when you, and, and, and even like, you know, your, your buddy telling you like this song should be on the record. Did you think there was something special here? And, and did you know that it was going to resonate and become such a fan favorite? This is one of your most popular, popular songs. And the reason I asked that this song was buried track nine on the record. Typically you don't put the hit that late, late in, on the track listing. Well, first of all, Chris, I know that you know what I'm talking about when I say, I don't believe that Spotify numbers right. are, even remotely accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure that those songs have the right number of plays, yeah. but there's other songs that have more plays that are like not displayed up in your, like your top five or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just like, like I know what happens when we play certain songs live and it's like, it's a lot more than when we play our top five songs sure. on Spotify live, you yeah. know? And so, um, so I think there's a bit of a, some fucking, uh, some shoe shine sales going on there <laughs> with, with that, whatever. whatever well, and I'm, I'm also basing this off not just those numbers or YouTube plays, but I'm basing it off of when I go and I do check out a number of live videos. And because and, a lot of times I like, I notice the artist will do the, the song live in a different key or something. And I always like to pick up on that and ask. And um, I'm just going by audience reaction when you guys play. Yeah, this, this one, this one. Okay. So it's amazing. Yeah. That being said, this one is, I would say it's like a, real phenomenon within our work in terms of like it's the lawrence arms of the lawrence arms <laughs> like <laughs> it, there's no reason that it should have worked out and it became incredibly popular that makes it that makes it, <laughs> it, 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 it exact sense and something i want to talk about before we go any further all three there's three verses in this song all three verses all start out with just a guitar chord and then on the third line, uh, the guitar chord happens again, but there's this cool arpeggio uh, part. That guitar chord with the arpeggio, that happens all three verses. I like the consistency in that. I think it's cool. It's very sparse. The guitars aren't getting in the way of what you, of the story here. And again, that that's why I think it, it, it works so well. I noticed that there's only one harmony in this verse verse and it's, it's more of a uh, like an octave thing. It's not so much a harmony, uh, just on staring down their years. Do you remember if Matt Allison uh, pushed you to do that and the guys in the band did that? And is that you backing yourself up or is that Neil or, or, or Chris? That's, that's, that's Chris. And um, it's funny because I always want Chris to sing pretty much every word with me. You know, I, that's what I love the most is like singing in, 
sort of unison or harmony, whatever it is. There's a little bit of both going on. Like he's like unison at points, but there is little harmonies. It's, it's cool. You know, he's been pulling away from doing that. And in this song particularly, this is a, this is one of a couple of songs on the Metropole album where we kind of do employ that like spaghetti Western kind of feel yeah. um, to this. And, uh, and, and that was like kind of conscious, but it kind of also just happened organically. And um, what was interesting was because Chris has got like the prettier voice and I've got like the, I don't know, disgusting voice or whatever. Uh, <laughs> the we, raspier uh, voice. Yeah. We've always, um, whatever we've done, like sort of duet covers or something like that. It's like, I've always sung the low parts and he's sung the high parts. And then we realized, I don't know, Chris's voice is <laughs> the low one and I'm the one who hits the super high notes, Yeah, you know, and it took us this long. Uh, it took us 20 years into the band to figure that out and so when he he was like when he was doing that that line specifically goes dude i'm gonna go for this and i think i'm gonna go below you and i was like oh yeah that makes fucking perfect sense i mean like i'm i'm too stupid to like come up with anything on my own but like as soon as he said it i was like oh right yes no i <laughs> I, I i love it and and i actually i want to uh uh backtrack and say that there is one more line the last line is otherwise i'm nothing without you babe chris is singing there with you i could get away otherwise i'm nothing without you babe oh. and then you do this kind of oh and was that O thing always there? Or was that just something you were scatting, we call it, in the studio, and it just happened? But it happens other places in the song. And I love it because it, it makes it feel like you're just you're just talking, Matt. Like you said, you're almost talking the song. Like it's a matter of like, oh. So that is sort of a thing of mine, like on multiple records for a lot. Like since, I would say, Greatest Story Ever Told, O Calcutta, Butt, Sweat, and Tears, <laughs> um, and, then, and then Metropole. And Skeleton Coast. That's like sort of like a signature thing that I do. But in this song, it, it really works because it just lends something to this vo- to this vocal and to this lyric. I don't know. It feels like your storytelling is like, oh, yeah, and I'm going to go on to the next yeah. thing I'm talking about. It's, it's cool. <laughs> We're already at this point at the 47-second mark, and we haven't hit a chorus. A lot of songs, you'll already hit a chorus at this point in the song. Uh, there's a musical break for 10 seconds, and then the full band uh, is in uh, following the same verse progression, and it has that same guitar. The third line has the guitar arpeggio thing. I'm going to read these lyrics out, and then I'm going to have you uh, break these down. I got a bad, sick stink, and I'm bathing in the sink at the YMCA down the street from the clinic. And there's a sad old man with a sad, saggy ass just crying under the electric dryer for your hands. And he's wet and he's dying and the spiders on his nose seem to indicate that he's been keeping warm out in the cold. And he's a lot like me, I guess, but we're somehow not the same. They say you really die the last time anybody says your name. Oh. And a couple things before you break this one down. The second line at the YMCA down the street from the clinic, that's the title of the song. And uh, I'm going to ask you why in a second. Uh, There's harmonies on that line. There's harmonies on electric dryer uh, for your hands. And he's a lot like me, I guess. And they say you really die the last time anybody says your name. So the song's building here. There's some more, more uh, uh, second vocals that are coming in there. that one line was that always the title of the song or you are you you named the song that after you wrote it i named the song after i wrote it and uh when that line came out you know of me i guess i think the thought was oh people will pay attention to this song if that's the name of it (laughs) you know i mean like it's that or click on the link for the world's biggest dick you know but i mean like what's (laughs) that's what it was called (laughs) in japan yeah yeah you're right it's like (laughs) What's up, everyone? It's Joe, and I'm the host of That's Awesome with Joe, a podcast on the newly formed Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. I talk with tons of your favorite artists, managers, touring personnel, and more. 
Most of the time we talk about music, but lots of the time we end up talking about something completely unrelated. We laugh a lot. We do a lot of really stupid things, but also some things that are really informative and interesting. Basically, it's a podcast that I think you should listen to. Obviously, I'm biased because it's my podcast, but I think I might be into it if I wasn't the host. Check it out at SoundTalentMedia.com. You know, it's like I just saw I just saw like some fucking comedian say this. It's like they say don't judge a book by its cover, which is fucking stupid. Because that's why books have covers. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and I, I, I'm I'm guilty of what you said. I've done that before. I've I've been like, oh, that's the one of the cooler lines in the song. I'm gonna pick that to be the song, the song title. Okay, okay. But that's not that's not being guilty of anything. That's being smart. It's like yeah. you know, Chris no- Chris number two from Anti Flag said this to me one time. He goes, if you are spending $30,000 on a video, why wouldn't you make it the best song on the record? Like, what are you fucking stupid? <laughs> like, like, you think you're going to build into it like Guns N' Roses does? Like, those days are gone, man. Yeah. You got to go for the jugular. Yeah. Um, what, what else is going on here? What's up with the sad old man with a sad, saggy ass? Uh, he, he's crying on the electric dryer for your hands. I used to work out at the YMCA. And um, I used to work down the street from this clinic, like a methadone clinic, you know, and I sort of conflated the two ideas because like <laughs> both places were full of very sad people. <laughs> in, in very uh, different ways. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't think so. I think a lot of those dudes that lived in that YMCA also went to that clinic, uh, <laughs> you know, and um uh, the idea of going in, you know, and it's like, that's a funny trope. And I'm like, I think that that's something that like I was fucking with in this entire song is there's a lot of humor in this, but even though it sounds so dire and serious, I mean, the opening line is click on the link for the world's biggest dick, you know, like there's like a joviality that's like sort of baked into this, that it's sort of like the songwriting exercises, you know, man, if I can make this fucking sound serious as i'm talking about like a saggy a man's old saggy ass and like world's biggest dicks and stuff like that and you know whatever whatever then i've succeeded in you know that would be the exception to prove well, the, the rule and, and it, the imagery here on this line in particular and this is what i took away from it and he's wet talking about the old man and he's wet and he's dying and the spiders on his nose you know a lot of older folks will get those uh, and alcoholics will get those like red little veins in their nose is that what you're talking about yeah, yeah. So this is that's like awesome. this is about this is about the alcoholic like spider veins in your nose. Yeah, yeah. And that's what seems to indicate that he's been keeping warm out in the cold. Yeah. You know, that's like sort of like the whole like Saint Bernard like kind of thing yeah. The, the, <laughs> where the, they the find the bottle of whiskey's his electric blanket. Yeah, and so that's why I get to he's a lot like me, I guess, because you know it's like I'm at the YMCA, I'm watching this. You know, there's the funny joke about like old dudes just hanging brain all all day long in the fucking gym locker room, you know, just like drying their balls off in the fucking <laughs> hand dryer. <laughs> you know, I, I got to stop you there. You're killing me because, you know, a lot of folks have written in our Facebook group and the listeners are like, you know, Chris seems like he really likes all these songs. He can't possibly like every song. You know, I, I, I really like this song. But I like it even more now, and that's happened with so many tracks that I have had in the show because I'm really learning about it. And like, it's so I really thought this song was more serious, and I think that I think I think it hits people. And knowing you, you're goofball. Like I've known you forever, but but there is an under undertone here of that seriousness in your voice the way the song is delivered and it hits people and now hearing about some of these lines and hearing you explain them it's just it's hilarious but real quick before we move on do you remember if matt or any of the guys in the band like was this song pretty much arrangement wise how you had it laid out or was was there any changes going on up to this point or no this is this is uh this is how me and chris and neil like we we arrange songs as a trio Okay. You know, and, and, um, and, and it, it always has been like that. And it's, it's very much like being, uh, like on a movie set and it's like, well, you're the gaffer. So I trust you with the lights. You're the best boy. I trust you with the electricity. Yeah, that's... Um, you know, I'm the cinematographer, so you're going to trust me with that. And it's like, it's like, you know, you just have to kind of like let people play their roles. That's, that's the way the Lawrence arms works. Awesome. Um, well, it, it comes back here now. Um, and, uh, is the intro, the intro of the song comes back in with that haunting like guitar lead, and the, oh, you missed you missed the whole thing though the Banksy quote at the end. Ah, that they they say you really die the last time anybody says your name. That part, yeah, yeah, that's Banksy. Okay, okay, I I didn't know that. Yeah, they say he he said he said you die you die once 
when you die and the second time you die for real is the last time anybody says your name and i was like that's just so fucking haunting and i mean this whole thing you know you said it's like it's really funny and hilarious but it's like the whole thing is supposed to be haunting also no it is and i even use that with here for the intro the song comes back in with that haunting i wrote haunting guitar lead because it's there's something about that that lead and then the band builds up and there's this just heavy kick drum that, that neil's hitting and with some cool drum fills and now you're into what i'm calling the first chorus it's a minute and 47 seconds into the song uh this these exact lyrics happen again later. Uh, it's the only lyrics that happen twice in the song. That's why I'm calling it the chorus. This sweet yeah. and sticky dream was nothing that I needed. Just demons to believe. Poisons lined up to feed them. And the rings inside this tree are rotten deeper down. God damn this fucking town. It's restless and I'm drowning. speaking of chicago there or just in general well it's a universal take that i am personally applying to chicago yeah basically you know um sweet and sticky dream is nothing that i needed i mean that's liquor basically yeah. um you know and just like the sort of like fugue state that you go through is like some sort of drunk demons to believe that's that's your your friends or your own demons in your head um and the poisons lined up to feed them is you know this is just like a expansion on that first line sure. theme but the rings inside this tree are rotten deeper down. That is um, a Vertigo reference. When you remember at the in Vertigo, and they're looking at the gigantic redwood that's cut sideways, and she's like, "Here I was born, and here I died," you know. And it was all the rings of the tree in there. Somewhere in here I was born, and there I died. It was only a moment for you. You took no notice. So, and they, you know, and, and they had like kind of like little sticky notes on on the tree, and it was like you know the fall of the Roman Empire and shit like that. That was like, I, and it was just like to to give this like expansive, crazy, uh, a really concise view of your tiny, minuscule place in the universe or whatever, um, even on Earth. You know, even in our timeline, even in the timeline of trees that are still alive now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and, and it's it just like the idea that I was like the rings inside this tree are rotten deeper down. Like, yeah, if you cut me in half, it, it just gets worse, man. Uh, <laughs> it's not good now. And then the funny thing is, Chris wrote a fucking song about that same scene in Vertigo for this record. No kidding. Nah, man. This again. This is really cool that you're you're going this deep and 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 talking about all this because you know I seem to write very linear when I'm writing lyrics. Like this is what the song's about, and um, we've went on off on some tangents here. This song's about a bunch of different things that influenced you, and it all came together as one song. And it's just it's uh it's just uh very intriguing to me. It's very cool. Um, we're at the two minutes and five second mark now in the tune there's like a guitar solo a guitar lead here for like eight seconds up to the 213 mark and now we're into verse three i got these black rotten teeth cracking off in bloody beef and i haven't seen the dentist in at least six thousand weeks and i'm high on this tv and these whiskeys and these dreams that i wouldn't dare to follow because i couldn't dare succeed so i write down shitty words so i sit in titty bars so I text and tweet and look at nudes and beat off in the dark. Back when I was just a boy, these were okay ways to go. But baby, I got old. And somewhere, I ditched my soul. Oh. And uh, harmonies, uh, double vocals on because I couldn't dare succeed. So I text and tweet and look at nudes and beat off in the dark. But baby, I, I got old. I made Chris sing that one. Yeah. <laughs> Here, sing this one. <laughs> follow I couldn't dare succeed So I write now shitty words So I sit in titty bars So I text and tweet Look at news and beat off in the dark Back when I was that was the line I thought you were just talking about in the song that you thought it'd be funny for me to read. Uh, but um, I mean, it's fun. It's funny for you to read that too. But. Yeah, no. And then, uh, and somewhere I ditched my soul. There's a double vocal on that. Um, 
again, this particular verse, what I do like about it is, is it's the same musically in the same feel as the other two. It, it, the music is almost, almost secondary here to the storytelling that's going on. You know, a lot of times it's the opposite. A lot of times it's a musical thing. It doesn't matter what the lyrics are about. It doesn't matter so much the melody. Right, here it's right. the complete opposite. This is a story that you're telling. And, and by this point in it, like I'm reading it going, I need to talk to you now and find out what the <laughs> hell is going on here. So, so set yeah. this one up. Okay, well, the, the 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 general thing here is that, like, I kind of thought that, you know, it would start with you click on the link for the world's biggest dick, and then it would go into the sad old man with the sad, sad ass, and you kind of, like, slowly heat up the fucking, the pot for the lobster, you know what I mean, without <laughs> people noticing it. It's like it gets a little bit sadder and a little bit more dire, and then this verse... The idea was like, it's going to sound funny, but by now, nothing about this is funny at all. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was fun for a while. Uh. <laughs> and it's like, but these are like the technically funniest lyrics, but it's like after you've listened to the first two verses, you go, oh, I don't think I can laugh at this. It's really depressing. He means it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um yeah so i got the black rotten teeth cracking off and bloody beef that is a hundred percent designed to just make you so uncomfortable yeah because yeah. <laughs> it's just such a disturbing yeah. fucking uh, image. Bl- bloody beef is your awful gum line yeah yeah and and, and i and i haven't seen the dentist in like at least six thousand weeks I, I kind of regret the choice of six thousand because I feel like that's like it's like six hundred years. Yeah, something like that. But that means that gum line's looking rough, brother. I was doing I was doing my math pretty fucking fast and loose because I write pretty. Uh, the song's got to take five minutes, Chris. We already talked about. I know, this. I know. <laughs> so, so that's that's how it happened, and uh, and then. Out high on these TVs and these whiskeys and these dreams that I couldn't dare to follow because I that I wouldn't dare to follow because I couldn't dare couldn't dare to follow because I wouldn't dare succeed uh, is like that's the fucking main line of this song right like that's that's the line that where I think if I'm listening to it as a you know consumer of the song I'm going fuck i gotta go back to college (laughs) (laughs) well some something after that line i'll have you uh, set the rest of this up for us but but i really like and i found interesting you know that that next line that comes it's the guitar chord without the arpeggio it's just the chord but it sounds like there's a tremolo on that one back when i was just a boy we were okay ways to go but maybe i got old somewhere i ditched my soul you know, almost like a, yeah. a whammy bar tremolo thing. Was that? Do you remember if that was uh, uh, you know, done on purpose? It's like, really, it's really cool. No, I don't. I don't remember like a super hyper conscious effort to do anything. Maybe, like that, maybe, but, maybe that's just the way Chris played it. Just happened that way. Well, Chris is also like, you know, like Chris and I are both like very lyrically focused when it comes to um, like how we play for each other. Like I play my bass to his vocals. You know, um, he plays his guitar to my vocals and um, and he's and we've been best friends since we were 10. We're we're both 44, you know, so it's like there's a certain point where it's like, yeah, no shit. You're doing that. Right. Yeah. Okay, boom. You're, you're finishing <laughs> so, each other's sentences. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Chris used to do that bit all the time. <laughs> it's like we're such good friends. We finish each other's sentences. And then he'd go. I don't know if we actually, I'd be like, finish each other's sentences. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you know that connection, though. When you've known someone that long, you're like, oh, you did this? Well, of course you did that. That's what you do. Yeah. You know? Totally. Um, totally. So so what's up but, with, I, I mean, I, I write down shitty words. I So I sit in titty bars. So I text and tweet and look at nudes and beat off in the dark. Like, is that autobiographical? or? or, or no, or, I do all that stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, no, I absolutely do all that stuff. This is supposed to be the part where I'm the sad old man under the dryer. Like, this is where I'm naked, right? That's what it's I. Like, that's what I took from this. I took that it, that the tides have kind of turned on this verse. I'll, I'll sit here and like walk through this anonymous Gotham and and fucking, you know, kind of slowly recognize 
my humanity and in other people that I find to be pathetic. But at the end of the day, it's me who's on the chopping block for myself, you know? Right. And it's like, this is, this is what I do. And, and, and I think the next line is like really like prescient. I mean, you know, I, I shouldn't say that because that it sounds really self-important, but like when I was just a boy, these were okay ways to go. It's like, you know, when you're a kid, you can just like, yeah, that's fine to like, just like fucking whack off and goof around on the internet or whatever, <laughs> you know, go to titty bars. I mean, you're 21, fuck it. But now I'm old and I have no soul. So, and I'm still doing it. So, uh, <laughs> this, it, <laughs> well, after this, we come back into the intro again, but this time the bass, you're playing like chords. You're doing like oct- yeah. octave things. And then like, also I notice here that you're, I'm assuming it's you, they're, they're, you're whistling the guitar solo. Guitar, yeah. The guitar riff, I say solo, the guitar riff at the top and, and earlier in the song, the lick, um, you're whistling. And I noticed when you play the song acoustic that, that you whistle that part. That's why I was pretty sure it was you. Yeah, here. That's, why, that's why, how it was written. Why the whistle here and not the guitar lick there that 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 time? It was written as a whistle. And I was just like, this whole song was inspired by the song Whistle by um, uh, Flo Rida. You just put your lips together and you come real close. Can you blow my whistle? As if your as if your explanation of this song could get any weird weirder. Now we're talking about Florida. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. this is and, killing me. This is great. This is, hey, this is why you're famous, and I fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> write a blog for yeah. a living. Just because I just because I get recognized at Target uh, twice every year doesn't mean I'm famous. Um, uh, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So this was this was inspired by that Florida song, and. Um, so when I wrote it, that whistle part was what you've referred to as the haunting guitar part every time. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there was a there's a point. I mean, I remember the first time I played this before I even knew if I wanted it to be a Lawrence Armstrong because it's a little bit weird for a Lawrence Armstrong. But uh, where people were like, when you started playing this and you started whistling, I was like, fuck this. And by the end, I was like, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so that's that's re- that's really nice um you know people people were isn't it weird how sometimes a hook's so annoying that, that eventually you love it and, and, you, yeah. and you don't know why that's a yeah that that's cool so um i it was just my theory that um the heart of the song was the whistle like that's what made me want to write the song was the whistle from the song whistle from yeah. florida yeah and i feel like <laughs> if this song is like a delve down into the deepest depths of the psyche of whoever the narrator is who's probably mostly me when it gets to the bottom that's when the whistle should happen because yeah. you can't even get a guitar well this is happening and then there's a, a band build up again and it's that kick drum that's coming in with the cool fills and then something that happens here um that uh just kind of lifts this second chorus uh it starts out in the left speaker there's a pick slide and then there's a pick slide on the right speaker and then boom oh yeah in this song it almost felt like and i I, i've listened to it probably 30 times in the last day and a half just over and over again um it's like, why a pick slide in this song? You know, in certain other songs, but it's funny. It doesn't seem like anywhere else in the song it would work, but here it, it, it works perfectly. And it sets up for chorus two, which is the same as chorus one. This sweet and sticky dream was nothing that I needed. Just demons to believe, poisons lined up to feed them. And the rings inside this tree are rotten deeper down. God damn this fucking town. It's restless and I'm drowning. And then we go into a part that only happens... Uh, once in this song, it's an outro. I called it a post-chorus outro here. And I love this part. I love it because it 
it is a departure and it almost feels like there should be something after this but but you end the song with this you don't end it on the chorus there's no there's no real chorus i mean the, 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 what i'm calling the chorus happens twice but this is a story this whole song there's not one part that's like you know if anything the verses are the main thing cuz they happen three times but but this part is um we are the lonely seeds Adrift on burning seas. And man, you do something here on seas. You seas, you hold out the E's at the end. And just the way uh, that you sing it, it's just a really cool, you have a really cool inflection there. Um, just pour the goddamn round and let's let these fuckers down. And, drown. Excuse me. Let these fuckers drown. That's a, a, a pretty depressing way to end the tune. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is like that's what I was kind of saying. It's like even as dark as the song sounds in the beginning, it's like kind of like, oh, this is funny. Oh, it's kind of a joke. Oh, it's funny. Oh, this is not that funny. Oh, oh, this is really not funny. And then like this part is like, <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah, and 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 then right after you, right after you say drown, the band ends on this big A chord, and you think that's the end of it, and then it's this this hit 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 of the band all at once. It's the A chord to the B chord and it ends uh, on D flat and it doesn't give you that root note of A again. It ends on D flat. And it kind of leaves you kind of hanging on like that suspense chord. Um, at the very end of this track, I noticed that there's like some street noise with almost like a Gregorian chant or something happening behind it. What is that? Yeah. Um, well, that is the, um, <laughs> that is the Lawrence arms always kind constantly putting shit between our the, the, the entire metropole record is um thematically designed to be like a tour through a, an anonymous city and um and if, if you listen to the record from the beginning you will hear street noise um throughout the entire thing like a lot of it i fit i um recorded in italy like street musicians playing stuff and um some of it was me and chris in vegas walking around and some of it, some of it is um, stuff that we we constructed in the studio in order to like you know complete the um, the sort of like the landscape that we were trying to convey. The the, the Gregorian chant that's that's us. Um, oh, it is doing. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. The chant the chant is us. The ambient noise is something from Vegas. Cool, cool. Um, it sounds so fucking lame to say this, but it's like the whole album is like really supposed to be taken in as a one single piece of art, you know? And I, like, I, I had, listen, I, I am just a dumb punk rock musician. So like I calling my, what I do art is like pretty, pretty pretentious, presumptuous, but uh, I, I feel the same way when people refer to me as that. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just some guy in a band. I, 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 I can feel where you're coming, coming from with that, but man, I'm, I'm we're going to wrap up here in a second. I, I just want to say that like, again, um, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. This song is really cool. Um, I've learned so much in the last year about songwriting. You know, when I was in my 20s, I thought I knew everything. When I got my 30s, I realized I, I, I did know everything. And, when, and now I realize I don't know shit. I'm, I'm trying to learn more and more and more about my craft. And just the imagery in this one, man. And just referencing the Titanic to the to, to the Methadone Clinic, to the YMCA, to, you know, Florida, everything that you have going on here. It, it's... <laughs> For me to wrap my head around it, 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 it it's really it's really cool. So um, I want to thank you for 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 jumping on with us. And is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners right now? What you got going on with the band, your other projects, solo? What what's going on? I'm doing a solo tour um, through like sort of like most of the east and the south. Actually, um, I'm fully vaccinated, and if you are too, then come on out, man. Um, I would I would love to see you and. Uh, it's been too long. Just don't make fun of me for looking really like old and tubby. It's been a year and a half I've been sitting <laughs> in my house, man. You look great. I, I always tell my listeners, I, I see my guests on Zoom. I can see Brennan. He's not, again, not giving himself enough, enough credit in the looks department. But uh, where can people find those dates? Um, you know what? Redscare.net is is the easiest place to find them. And, and um, man, I can't thank you enough. This has been really fun. And, like, I, I can't believe that, uh, I, you know, man, you're fucking a, a legend and a hero to me man and like you fucking pay attention to my songs god damn it fuck you man that's cool 
<laughs> and back at you because I told you how I felt about you through the whole thing. I love you. You know that. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And I'm going to check out your tour dates. If you're near me, I'm going to come see you. If you don't, I'm going to come cough in your you're gonna send Cough on you're you gonna send the old man with the saggy ass after me. Yeah, that's right. That's me. <laughs> and it's you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Chris to Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is submit your song via MP3 only and your bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. This week's featured band is Tabernak, spelled T-A-B-A-R-N-A-K. You can find all their music on the streaming services. Here's a snippet of their song, Hutve Pahit. The Rap with Chris and Chris. So while we were recording this one and I was over here taking my notes while you and Brendan had your conversation, I probably laughed the entire time. (laughs) I've never met the guy before, but he's super cool and personable. And uh, just listening to you guys talk, it made me feel like I was friends with him. And I feel like a lot of people that listen to this episode are going to feel that same way because he's pretty hilarious. He is is too funny. Um, He's always been that way. He's witty. He's incredibly smart. Not just book smart, but uh, I guess street smart, whatever you want to call it. He's just uh, he's got got a good head in his shoulders. But man, he like I said back in the in the slapstick days when I first knew, he's just this wiry punk rock kid. And I mean, he used to piss people off, and and uh, that's what initially attracted me to him. But um, there there's been nights hanging out with that guy where I, I've been laughing so hard, I, I my, my stomach hurts. He's hilarious. Yeah, I think there's something about artists that don't take themselves too seriously, which really endears me to them. I mean, you know, I think he is sort of uh, self-deprecating and whatever, but you know that he does take the music seriously, even if he can joke about it in a conversation about a song. I think he does. I also think that, and, and I'm going to try to delicately say this, you know, not to, not to sound weird or, or it's in no way meant condescending, but I think there's some people that just their and and he he doesn't necessarily like the term he said it himself their art they their art is for them their music is for them and you know to take it any further on a commercial level or or be any bigger of a band than Lawrence Arms already is i don't think that was ever what what Brennan really wanted i i certainly think that uh uh, they 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 could have been uh, uh, more popular, like like Craig Aronson said. The the guy was a star. There's something about him um, that's just uh, you know he, that people gravitate towards him. But he's always kind of seemed like uh, you know he's kind of wanted to be off off the grid a little bit, which 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 I respect too. And that's to take nothing away from the fact that they are a popular yes. band within yes. the world of punk rock. It's just we're talking about mainstream the radio uh among their peers you're talking about alkaline trio and rise against these bands which have achieved mainstream success that's what you mean but obviously within the punk rock world i mean you know they're on epitaph they do well people love them so uh yeah yeah it was uh, by yeah and and thank thanks for saying that it was by no means a knock it was just um i don't think that brendan gives himself enough credit is really what i was getting at you know and i tried to say i tried to say that to him in the episode but uh but yeah i i 
really, it's funny when I was going over, I never thought that first line, I thought he was talking about himself again, being self-deprecating, click on the link for the world's biggest dick. And then when he broke it down to just being an, you know, it <laughs> verbatim of what it is, it just, <laughs> I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of my notes about this episode, man, is uh, the first line of the song grabs you and it makes you pay attention. And there's something to that, whether it's, I don't care if it's a book, it's a TV show, uh, the first scene of a movie, uh, when something grabs you like that and makes you pay attention, you're way more likely to pay attention to the rest of the song because you're hooked, you know? And uh, I think that's a good quality in a song. Absolutely, yeah. And and as we got further into the tune, just all the different references of what he was talking about. Like I said, my my head doesn't work like that. And it's kind of like a songwriting right. exercise of where, you know, one of these days I want to go, okay, I want to take five completely different experiences from one another, completely, completely yeah. opposite of something. Something that happened to me in London one time and something that happened in California right. and maybe this <laughs> quote from a movie I like and try to write a song. It's a really interesting way to approach songwriting. Within the conversation about this one song, there were references made to Titanic, Banksy, Vertigo. Uh, what else? Florida. Florida. Uh, the YMCA, the Methadone <laughs> Clinic. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> his his dental, his uh, his teeth, uh, all, everything you can imagine within one song. Yeah, you don't you don't hear about that very often. Usually, like you said about your own personal songwriting, things are a little more. Uh, linear. Yeah, you know, you come up with an idea for a song, you write about that experience. And um, I know not everybody writes like that. There's different things. But this song um, was really, and I don't say this in a bad light, it was just really all over the place with all the different references. It's just it, it's just crazy. Um, but uh, I also, there's sometimes I'll, I'll write things in my notes and, and uh, or I'll think something to say and I go, ah, I don't know if I want to say that. And I felt that I could knowing Brennan so long. And he's like, wow. And he completely agreed read when I said that, um, you know, his voice has kind of like this Southern drawl like thing to it. And I said, this song just reminds me of like a bar scene in a spaghetti Western. And he, he laughed and he, he got it because, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just got that thing. And, and, and the music in this one, um, not that the parts aren't cool and the musicianship isn't, isn't cool. It, it you know, every, every, all the parts are the pieces are there musically, but, uh, really this is all about the story and the imagery for sure. And it's interesting how, Within lyrics, you can see how a person's brain works. You can get into their psyche. And I feel like this song's a real window into Brendan Kelly's brain. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's always been that way. Like I said, he's always been. He, he's incredibly witty. Um, I, I've always kind of prided myself on being quick-witted and, and uh, you know, in the moment and funny. But uh, he, he outwits me. The guy's quick. And um, he's just... Uh, He's 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 got that uh, that it factor something something about Brennan he's always had it and uh, something else I mentioned Chris is just I can't take away uh, how important uh, that Chicago scene is how many bands how much talent has come out of that and I I, I talked about it in the Dan Andreano episode and again I, I brought it up here just the amount of talent. Uh, that came out of slapstick. That band, those those kids, and I'm calling them kids, referencing that time period. They don't know how good they were, man. That band was on fire. It's crazy how many people from the same clique of friends now we've had on here. We've had two members of Alkaline Trio. Uh, we've had Tim from Rise Against. Uh, we've had Brendan. There might even be more, but yeah, that it's crazy that all those guys not only are from the same city, but they're also within the same click of friends. And like you brought up earlier in the episode, it's like a wealth of, I don't know, a wealth of talent within that small uh, little click of people. Yeah. And, and uh, sometimes the best friends and there's something, there's something that's always been down to earth about the Chicago punk scene that I like. And, and uh, I, I said it earlier, what I love about uh, someone like Brennan, I, I may not talk to him in, in a year or two or three or seen him in person. And the minute we see each other or do talk, we pick right back up where we left off. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. You can tell that you guys are old buddies when you listen to this episode. And speaking of buddies, I want to thank all our buddies here at Krista Makes a Podcast, each and every one of you that listens each week and that gives to each month's fundraiser. This month's fundraiser for July is Star Ovarian Cancer Foundation, and you can head over to KristaMakesADifference.com to find out all the all the info uh, about that and how you can donate. Whatever you can give, we'd really appreciate it. It goes to a wonderful organization. 
It's called ChrisDemakesADifference.com, but actually it is Chris Demakes, a podcast listeners make a difference.com. That domain name was just way too long to remember, though. Uh, when we say <laughs> Chris Demakes a difference.com, we mean everyone listening who chips in. And even a dollar goes a long way. You know, we could have billions of dollars for each month's uh, fundraiser if everyone who listens, all our billions of listeners listen. We could raise a billion dollars for each month's fundraiser. We certainly could. And, and if we can't, we're going to die trying. I'll tell you that much, Chris. Hell yeah. But uh, I am still writing these crazy, wacky custom songs for people. And Chris is going to play you a little snippet right now to show you what I do. I can write you a sky song or maybe Actually, you don't want to hear me rap. Pick any other style. Trust me. I could even write a ballad for your anniversary or your birthday. Looking for a voiceover, jingle, or music for your business, podcast, or TV show? Well, look no further. I'm your guy. That's right. If you'd like your very own custom song, uh, kind of like any of the styles you just heard with that uh, wacky, wacky track, you can hit me up at chrisdemakes at gmail.com. I'd love to write you or that special someone a very own custom song of your own. Give me a follow on Instagram at less than Christy. I'd appreciate it. And don't forget our supporting cast VIP program. You can find that at chrisdemakes.com. And uh, yeah, you can find all kinds of goodies over there. We do the after party episodes, Chris and I, as well as we have a merchandise store with a killer pullover and a great t-shirt that are very comfortable. I can attest. I love that you keep calling it a pullover, even though it's a zip up. <laughs> did I say pullover again? Yeah, you did say pullover. You it's love a zip pullover. up. I hate pullovers. I don't even wear those dang things. Yeah, it's annoying pulling that up over your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's zip up. It's zip up, you know. So you could you, you can do that halfway where you just have it zipped open. So you're you know, you're you're warm but you're still letting a little air in, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a promise, all our listeners, we will never have a pullover. They will all be zip ups. I will never say pullover again. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, but if you supporting cast, Kristamakes.com, you know the deal. It helps us out a lot, and you get extra episodes and, you know, helps us continue making this podcast that you've grown to love. That's right. And want to thank this week's guest, Mr. Brendan Kelly, a dear old crazy friend of mine from the Lawrence Arms, for sitting in with us, and we'll see you next week. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.